Information shared on the following program is for general information purposes only. It does not constitute legal, tax, investment, or other advice, nor is it intended to recommend any particular investments, products, or financial instruments. Always seek advice from your financial advisor, attorney, or accountant with regard to investment, legal, or tax questions. Ever heard the saying, you can't take it with you? No? Well, you have now. Welcome to the only show in the country dedicated to helping savers worry less about money, the Worry-Free Retirement, with your host, nationally recognized retirement specialist and six-time author and fiduciary, Tony Walker. One of my favorite programs to just kick back and watch is an innocent and simply produced program called Antique Roadshow. The theme and flow of the show is simple and quite repetitive as everyday Joes bring their unusual personal items to a public arena, hotel, or meeting hall to see what they might be worth to someone who might know a thing or two about them. Whether it's an old vase handed down by a grandparent or a portrait of a scene painted years ago, many of the owners of such items are shocked to learn just how much these items might fetch if sold to the highest bidder. To me, the secret sauce of the show's success is the exchange between the owner of the property and the appraiser who knows a thing or two about the item, which the owner might not, and then announces, this is the appraiser speaking, the possible value of this item and what it might be worth to its owner. It's a wonderful illustration of finding out ahead of time before we die what something we possess might be worth in our minds compared to what it might be worth in the minds of others. It's an interesting question, but one that has little value if we die when said item, still closely clutched in our hot little hands, gets left to another. Which, of course, leads to our topic today, you can't take it with you. Well, welcome, folks, to the Worry-Free Retirement. And yes, I am that little man in the sweater vest retirement planning specialist and fiduciary, Tony Walker, And before we find out how you and I can best use and enjoy this thing called money before it's too late, let me introduce to you America's favorite financial sidekick here in our Louisville studios on this February 28th, 2023, Mr. Aaron Orander. Good morning, Aaron. Hey, good morning to you, sir. How are you? Doing well, doing well. And uh, beautiful morning this morning. And in terms of just thinking about this, you can't take it with you. And I don't know why this topic is near and dear to my heart for many reasons, but we'll talk about it later. But it's one reason I wrote the book, Live Well, Die Broke. Uh, Aaron, over the years, as I've met with all these people, I kept seeing all of our clientele age. They grow older, they die, they become disabled. And then they realize at some point, you know what? I'm not going to be able to spend this money for whatever reason. And sadly, they realize maybe, okay, maybe we can't take this with us. Maybe we should have spent a little more money, which I want to make sure people understand. The premise behind live well, die broke is not to intentionally die broke, folks. That's not the point. Actually, it's quite the opposite. It's to use and enjoy our money. And yeah, if, as the old saying goes, if we die on our deathbed and the last check we wrote bounces, even more better. But the idea is that no matter how much money we've stockpiled for the future, when, not if, when we die, we all die broke. So Aaron, I know you and I and Derek were going over the uh, script for this. Also, he's now diligently working on the graphics for the TV show we'll be recording later. Any thoughts on this whole can't take it with you theme? 
Well, I have a thought as to why it's so near and dear to your heart, and uh, I'm, I'm going to probably sound a little blunt here, but you've you've been in this business for what close to forty years now. Um, I'm just going to flat out say it. you've probably seen a lot of people come and go, and yeah. I mean come and go like go to that big place in the sky <laughs> or whatever you want to call it. Um, I have a feeling that you've seen a lot of that happen, and you've probably seen some great examples where people were smart and took care of their. You know, money in terms of inheritance and where to get, you know, where to place it and everything else. And there were probably some people that were like, well, I'm just going to hold on to it. I need it. And yep. then they're gone and nobody knows what to do with it. And Uncle Sam steps in and says, well, I know exactly what to do with it. <laughs> no, it's, it's a very good observation. In fact, our own Mandy Houchins in our Bowling Green office, uh, she's in charge of handling all of what we call the death claim paperwork for our clients. Uh, she told me last year in, ni- in 2022, and I didn't realize it was this high, we had 38 death claims we had to process. That's 38 clients in one year that passed away. And that's not to mention, Aaron, the number of people I hear from throughout the year, this is even sadder, I think, where a spouse is deteriorating mentally, physically, or whatever, and that couple, there's this realization all of a sudden, it's like, wait a minute, we're not going to be able to enjoy this money. It's it's too late. The, so that, you're right, It's I guess I see this so much, and I guess it's a warning shot over the bow to anybody out there driving down the road. I don't care if you're 55, 65, or 85. We have to remember, as we're going to find out later, if this money, listen closely, folks, here's what I've learned, and this is what I've learned from some great mentors like Bob Castellone. If this money you have in your pocket is not spent Okay, I don't care if it's in your pocket. If it hasn't been spent, it's not worth anything. Yeah. Uh, speaking of driving down the road, Tony, <laughs> I just want to give a shout out to Rich in Fairdale. Rich uh, in Fairdale is currently on the way home from Montrose, Colorado. I ran into this gentleman a couple of weeks ago, and huh. he told me he said I listened to your show, and wow. you know we started talking, and he said he's a you know he's a truck driver and he delivers and uh, he delivers various things. He was delivering telephone poles to Montrose, California, or Colorado. Now, folks, if you look up Montrose, Colorado, it's in the mountains. It's this little bitty, I think it's got a population of 2,000 people. I mean, it's little, little, little bitty. Was it like, I wonder if somebody's building a log home or something. Yeah, who knows? But yeah. I just wanted to give a shout out to Rich uh, coming home from Montrose, California, or Colorado. Colorado. Well, thank you. And then, yeah, thank you, Rich. And it's funny, the uh, number of people, we're on, what, six or seven different radio stations now. Oh, By the way, folks, now. seven? No. Okay. By the way, folks, if you want to check out the listings of the TV and radio stations, just go to TonyWalkerFinancial.com. There's a place where you can find those. But the radio show's a little different flavor than the TV show, a little more conversational. I sometimes cover things a little differently, but we certainly appreciate all of you all who tune into the radio show. If you haven't checked out the TV show, uh, please do so. It's the worry-free retirement, of course. All right, so we're talking about this antique road show where people bring their stuff in basically with no clue as to what they're worth. In fact, Aaron, a lot of people have bought stuff at like garage sales. That, that's kind of, so it was somebody's, you know, probably left and they'll say, well, I bought this at a garage sale and say it's a vase for 25 bucks. I just thought it was pretty. Have you ever watched this show, by the way? I've seen clips of it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's, it's a cool show. Anyway, so then they're brought, you know, they're standing there and an appraiser, someone who knows specifically about this vase and it's cool how they do it. They start asking questions and that type of thing. And where'd you get it? And did you notice this little thing here? And they go, no, what is that? Oh, okay. Then finally they'll say, all right, I think this vase you paid how much for it? Uh, $25 or whatever. 
We think at auction it could draw, and sometimes it's crazy. They'll say $10,000 or something, and like these people are just blown away. Yeah, when I was researching, I, I found a clip of a, a, a girl probably younger than me. She's probably in her 30s, and she brought in a painting from her grandmother's attic. They were cleaning out. the. I mean, it wasn't even like hanging on the wall, I don't think. It was just in the attic, and it appraised for like over $200,000. It was amazing. Man. It's, that's crazy. She started crying. You know, it was it was it was very dramatic. <laughs> so the here's what I've learned, folks. So if you think of these items, uh, by the way, I'll get to this in a minute. I've got my dad's old coin changer. I got remind me to talk about that here, and I've got something I wanted you and Derek to look into. By the way, anyway, imagine these items, this coin changer that we'll talk about in a minute. When you think about it, they're up on a shelf usually. I keep my dad's coin changer he used in, years ago on top of my little mantle. But they're usually placed up to admire, right? You right. look at them. It's a picture hanging on a wall. Right. But they're really not used or converted to cash. I mean, now, whether that lady sold it for 200000 but a lot of people, they'll say, oh, it's worth $10,000. And then they'll say, you know what, though? This was my dad's. I'm going to keep it. So, which is fine. That's called sentimental value. But money, now let's change the subject a little bit just about money, particularly all this money. Remember, folks, this is a retirement planning show. All this money you've got stockpiled in your 401k or your 403b or your TSP, three savings account, maybe even just money stockpiled in the bank or in an annuity or over a brokerage account. I don't care where it is. If you think of it this way as money sitting on a shelf, right, and you go back to our original definition from Bob Castellone that money's not worth anything until it's converted to cash and used, how much is it really worth, Aaron, to you? especially when you die. It's worth zero. To you when you die, right. Right. Okay, so folks, when we come back, you really I'm going to really challenge you on this and why the financial world has you scared to death, why they don't want you spending this money, why they keep telling you to put it off and, you know, in case you need it down the road, and why this is all a farce. Folks, again, I've been doing this almost 40 years. As Aaron said, I've seen thousands of lives play out. Hundreds have passed away disabled. And what we have to understand, going back to our theme here, is you can't take it with you. I'm Tony Walker. I'll be right back. You're listening to the Worry-Free Retirement. Mandy Houchins, and I'm in charge of all of the annuity distributions here for our clients at Tony Walker Financial. While it's true that annuities do come with surrender periods, there are ways to access uh, funds from your annuity each year. You can take what's called a penalty-free withdrawal. It is normally equal to 10% of the contract value each year without any penalty. If you're interested in learning more about penalty-free withdrawals, please give me a call. Mandy Houchins. With the uncertainty of the stock market, now may be the best time to consider moving your 401k to safer territory. To talk to me at no cost or obligation, simply log on to TonyWalkerFinancial.com. Welcome back to the Worry-Free Retirement. Uh, By the way, Aaron, our YouTube channel, we had to redo things, but our YouTube channel's 
starting to get more views. We're on Facebook, with social media, with my favorite daughter, Lacey Jurgens, helping out with that. Uh, tell the folks real quick, uh, in brief, please, but how they can find out about all these other ways they can learn more about our operation and get educated on this world of retirement. Sure. Real quick, folks, if you want to listen to past radio shows, go to SoundCloud, type in the Worry-Free Retirement right there in the search bar. If you want to watch past television shows, go to YouTube.com and type in Tony Walker Financial. You want to find us on Facebook, type in the Worry-Free Retirement. And if you want to find us on Instagram, type in at the Worry-Free Retirement, all one word. All right. Thank you, Aaron. All right, folks, this is going to be a showstopper, what I'm going to tell you here. Here we go. Here's a truth I've learned in working with thousands of savers. Also, as we're going to find out, I know you've heard me talk about my granddad and his beloved mailbox money. Here you go. Retirement money was never meant to be passed on at death, but rather to be spent during life. Let me repeat that, folks. Retirement money, that is money that was set aside for your retirement, was never meant to be passed on upon your death to other people. Uh Uh-huh. You with me? But rather to be spent during your life. So contrary to what the financial world is telling you about not spending your money, but rather stockpiling it for the future, money saved for retirement, again, was never originally meant to be passed off to loved ones after you die. I've got to emphasize that. And if you think about the whole notion of retirement, it actually started back in the 1800s. Back then, Germany was having a problem. All those older guys kept staying around and working. They wouldn't leave work. So a guy named Otto von Bismarck said, hey, what if we give them something called a pension? I don't know if that's what he called it then. What if we entice them to leave their jobs, give them money for the rest of their life, guaranteed, so they won't come back to work? And that'll open up jobs for the younger people. And we can even pay the younger people less money because they're desperate for work. That's really where the concept of a pension came into being. That's what we call mailbox money, guaranteed income you can never outlive. But then something happened. In 1935, now that pensions were picking up steam, more and more employers were starting to offer those to their employees, another guaranteed form of mailbox money came into being. And this was through our social security system enacted into law in 1935. So you had two forms of mailbox money. You had the pensions, which are really just annuities is all they are. And then you had social security, two forms of mailbox money. So Aaron, I've got to ask you a question. You may not know the answer to this, but I'm going to quiz you. If you have a pension, okay, you're drawing monthly income for the rest of your life, even for your wife's life, okay, let's say that she's on the pension with you. In fact, my granddad, when he retired from Bell South, he received a pension, and then his wife, Hazel, if he were to die first, would have gotten one half of it. You've seen that little yes. pension slip he has. My mom kept that. It. It's okay. But what happens to the pension, Aaron? Let's say they're killed in a common accident. Both the husband and wife drawing the pension pass away. It goes away. It's gone. It's gone. So in other words, nobody inherits the pension. The kids don't, right? But I got a question. Yeah. Where does it go? Good point. So what a pension is doing is just like any insurance company, they've got a huge sum of money. They know a lot of people will live a long time, so they've got to invest that money and make sure those people get their promised payments. But they also know, through the help of actuaries and some science behind it, that a lot of these people aren't going to live a long time, Aaron. So overall, assuming they make very conservative assumptions, assuming people don't live too long, or a lot of them, they're going to always have plenty of money to pay them. 
Now, the one reason the insur- the, the one reason we're going to talk about the 401k in a minute, the one reason a lot of employers started getting nervous, Aaron, is this money has to be set aside and banked, so to speak. The employers aren't supposed to use it. And as people live longer and longer, guess what these employers are starting to think? Uh, we need more money. Need more money, and we're going to have to take it from our businesses. Well, that ain't going to work. Right, they don't that, want to do that. Yeah. No, no, no. It's not going to work. And then the government stepped in with Social Security. That, too, goes away when you and your spouse are deceased. And then we've got a third player that entered the fray in 1978 that made matters even worse in terms of guaranteed income. But where it made matters worse is whereas pensions and Social Security, people understood that those were for retirement and that they would go away when the husband and spouse went away, so to speak. There's not going to be anything left. Uh, I look at them looking right now, Aaron, in my grandfather's pension statement. You, you see it here. Yes. There's him and Hazel, right? She's the annuitant. Right. Do you see his children listed on there? Nope. Nope. They're, they're, they had nothing to do with it. But then in comes this 401k plan in 1978. It gave reason for the employers to start backing away and doing away with pensions, so they didn't have that obligation anymore. Social Security plays less and less a role because people need more and more money. Most people, there's some we've got that can live on Social Security. A lot of people cannot. So what the employers did, they said, hey, the government's created this new thing called a 401k. Let's allow Wall Street to come in here. We'll get out of the way. Wall Street can solicit our employees through payroll deduction. We'll be happy to payroll deduct this stuff for them and let the employees take on all this risk. Why are we supposed to be doing their retirement planning? See what I mean, Aaron? Right. So it all of a sudden fell the responsibility of providing mailbox money on the employees. The problem is, folks, the reason you ain't going to get any mailbox money from Wall Street is they don't offer mailbox money. Mailbox money is only offered through annuities, through insurance contracts. I should know because we sell a lot of annuities. Wall Street, which again, we represent the products of Wall Street. That's your stocks and bonds and mutual funds. Okay. They're fine, but they're very risky. There's no certainty to though. There's no guarantees. There is no way that Wall Street, through those products, can guarantee, here's the key, folks, guarantee that you'll never run out of money. They're not set up that way. They don't use actuaries. They don't have this huge slush fund set aside like an insurance company does. So the problem is the two sources of income, especially pensions that have gone away, Social Security is in dire straits. I think the last time I checked, if they don't make some changes, that thing is going to go bankrupt. Or it won't. I don't think it's going to go bankrupt, literally, but they're going to have to make some major, major changes. I saw something the other day, Aaron. They're estimating the CBO in Congress and all that that looks at all the finances of our government and the country. Over the next several years, we could add another $10 trillion of debt. So how in the world are we ever going to pay that back? We can barely afford the interest. So there's a problem, folks, and it's on the horizon. And you've got this, not only, no, most of you don't have pensions, Social Security's not going to be enough, or it's probably going to be reduced. And now we've got this other problem called the 401k that has no mailbox money, and worse yet, it has what's called the tax tumor. So when I come back, I'm going to tell you why I think Wall Street, the financial world, why they have convinced so many savers to put off spending this money. Why the government loves it too. We're going to talk about required minimum minimum distributions and how that age recently was pushed back to 73. Why is all this happening? And why do all these savers I meet, why are they so afraid to spend and enjoy their money? Well, you stay tuned because we're continuing our series on You Can't Take It With You. I'm Tony Walker. I'll be right back. 
Are you retired or retiring soon? Do you have a 401k, IRA, thrift savings account, 403b, or lump sum pension that you'd like to move to safer territory? Did you know that all the money you see on your 401k statement isn't really yours? Depending on your overall taxable income, the government has essentially a lien on your 401k that can tax as much as 40% of your money when you go to take it out. Tony Walker calls this the 401k tax tumor. For over 33 years, retirement specialist Tony Walker has helped thousands of savers worry less about money by creating game plans to deal with your tax tumor. Get control of your retirement by controlling the taxes owed on it. Schedule a free meeting to see if you can reduce your tax tumor and provide a guaranteed income you can never outlive. To get started, simply log on to TonyWalkerFinancial.com. That's TonyWalkerFinancial.com. Welcome back to the Worry-Free Retirement. Uh, we're continuing our theme, if you can't take it with you. Uh, before we get into this, though, I, I've got to tell this. This is hilarious. So America's favorite financial sidekick, Aaron Orender, is in the studio with me. Um, I'd asked him, I said, Aaron, I, just for the fun of it, you know, can't take it with you and all that stuff. Can you find something kind of interesting in the past where somebody really did try to take one of their valuable possessions with them? I'm not going to be a spoiler alert here. This is hilarious. So... Share, share a little bit about what this gentleman did back in 1994. So I remember reading this article back in college about this uh, gentleman. Do you want me to give his name? Oh, yeah, go ahead. Okay, gentleman by the name of George Swanson, who had, I believe it was a 1980 Corvette, and it was his prized possession. I think it said he wiped it with baby wipes. <laughs> and I mean, I, it was his, it was his baby. Meanwhile, you know, the wife's over here going, uh, hello. But yeah. Anyway. Yeah. How about anyway, me? Um, well, he purchased, I think eight, I think I, re, I think I remember reading correctly. I think he purchased eight cemetery plots because he was buried in that 1980 Corvette. He was cremated his ashes were put in an urn, and he was literally placed in the driver's seat. And, and they, they buried, and and they I, buried and, him in it. And you sent me the article. It said the whole total size was 7 by 7 by 16. I guess it had to be to fit a Corvette in there. Yeah. I, you know what? I wonder what that Corvette would look like if we dug that up. That would yeah, be interesting. All right, so, folks, okay, you can't take it with you. I guess you literally could try uh, I got a feeling old George is off somewhere, Corvette heaven or whatever. I bet that Corvette's still sitting down there buried in the ground. It's, it didn't go with him, literally. Okay, so when we left our last segment, we talked about this notion of the financial world and the government happy to have you stockpile money, put off spending it, and waiting too long to use it and enjoy it. So let me give you proof of that. Years ago, the minimum distribution age, that's kind of funny anyway. How about this, Aaron, for logic? Aaron, you've worked hard all your life, uh, but instead of spending the money, because it's tax infested, you're going to have all these taxes if you take it out of your 401k. Why don't you put off or why don't you just take a minimum amount of money out? How's that sound? Sure. If it avoids taxes, I'd say, okay, I guess. Yeah. I guess. I guess, yeah. But in the meantime, the message came from the financial world that's holding on to your money. Now, what do you think they're doing with that money in the meantime? You think they're just sitting on it or are they making money on it? No, they're making money off it. They're moving it around to give to other people and borrowing yep. it and loans and everything else. That's right. And what's so funny, we are fiduciaries, for instance, registered investment advisors. The government requires us to work in the best interest of people, which I feel like we do. 
But what I would say to that is the financial world in general has a conflict of interest. They are holding on to all this retirement money. Remember back prior to 1978 when my granddad retired, he didn't have a 401k. He didn't have a stockbroker. He didn't have a money manager. He didn't have an annuity purchased by somebody. You didn't need one. You had your pension and social security. But now Wall Street entered the fray. The government's waiting on their tax revenue. Taxes are very low right now. So is it any coincidence that recently the government pushed back the minimum distribution age? It used to be 70 and a half to 72. Now it's gone to 73 for the year 2023. And I think in the year 20, I can't remember right offhand, I'd have to check with our office. It's eventually going to even go up to age 75. In other words, you can put off taking this money out. And my question is, wait a minute, 73 years of age? I got a lot of people haven't even made it to 73. You see how crazy this sounds? Or to be blunt, there might be a lot of people that won't make it to 73. Exactly. So the problem with all this is, so this is why I said earlier, retirement money was meant to be spent. It was never meant to be left. So let's kind of take this out to its logical conclusion. And you're going to see how crazy this is. By the way, don't let my time get away because I still want to find out what this coin changer was worth. My dad left me. Okay. Uh, Anyway, so let's say we had two 73-year-olds that turned 73 this year, husband and wife, Uh, Both of them together, let's say, have a pretty sizable IRA. They have to take the minimum distribution. You with me? Okay. Now, folks, real quick, this is a rudimentary way to calculate it. People say, well, how much do I have to take? Well, let's say you had a half million dollars. The first year, it's about 4% of that. So in that example, you'd have to take out about $20,000. That would hit your tax return, and it would be taxable income. But that's only $20,000. So let's say they do that and they go, whew, boy, thank goodness we didn't have to take a bunch of money out and pay a bunch of taxes. And then they're in that Corvette that's been dug up from Mr. Swanson or whatever. And they have a wreck. And this is kind of morbid. But they die in a common accident. Could happen, right? Could Could. happen. They're dead and gone. They got $500,000 in a 401k, less 20 they just took out. And little Johnny and little Susie, their kids, are the beneficiaries. Now, there's a problem. And we see this play out all the time. We have the little Johnnies and little Susies in the office all the time, Aaron, these adult children. We call them in because we're handling their parents' accounts. And they come in, and a lot of them don't even know what they're getting ready to get. They, they haven't talked to their parents. Right. And we'll say, okay, little Johnny and little Susie, your parents through beneficiary, there's no probate here, you'll get a check immediately if you want it, are going to leave you one half. And let's stay with the 500 so I can do the math. So little Johnny, you get 250000 Little Susie, you get 250000 Is that actually what they're going to get? No, they do not get a check for $250,000. Boy, wouldn't that be great if that's the way the world worked. Yeah, and imagine this, Aaron. Now, by the way, they can put it off for 10 years, and this is what happens sometimes. So let's say little Johnny's a doctor, and he's 50 years of age, and he's like, well, I don't want this money. I'm going to pay 40% in taxes on it. I'll have to pay hundred grand. I'll just put it off till I retire. Well, what if they raise the tax rates? Do you think that could happen with the deficit that's growing? Absolutely. If they need more money. That's right. So if little Johnny says, well, I don't want the money now. I don't want to pay all these darn taxes. I'll put it off. Little Johnny and little Susie could put it off 10 years before they have to take it out. But let's say they put it off and taxes go up to 45% in five years or whatever they are. So, folks, the problem is it's the problem itself. It's the 401k and you being taught by the financial world who has a conflict of interest in this gig that it couldn't be healthy for you to let this stuff defer. You've been taught to leave this money alone. 
So that's you right now. If you're sitting there saying, yeah, Tony, I don't have a game plan. I don't know how much I can comfortably spend. I've heard about this split IRA you're always talking about or how you can make sure we don't run out of money. We want to talk with you. Well, that's easy to do. All you got to do is log on to TonyWalkerFinancial.com. Click on that Let's Get Started. We can start with our 10-minute fiduciary phone call. Uh, all that is is you and I talking, and then if it merits, I'll be happy to meet with you at one of our offices throughout Kentucky, or just give us a call at 877-499-9255. If you're up to that point where you're thinking, yeah, I agree, I can't take it with me, I want to plan to spend and enjoy this stuff, call us at 877-499-9255. Okay, Aaron, time about got away from me. You see it. I hold in my hands, probably at least 100 years old, the actual coin changer my father used in the 40s to deliver blocks of ice, this before my time even, blocks of ice to the residents in and around Drakesboro, Kentucky. Okay, I looked on Amazon. Okay, I know we're about out of time. Looked on Amazon. I found one just like this, but it was new, so it couldn't have been as good a quality as this, for about 30 bucks. So I think you and Derek have been researching. Surely this thing, Antique Roadshow, surely this thing that I'm holding my hand, five, $600 at least. What did you find out? Come on. Well, Tony, I do have the answer, but you know what? I want to hold off on that. Folks, I would love it if you would send me an email at Aaron at worryfreeproductions.com and tell me what you think it's worth. So Aaron at worryfreeproductions.com. I like this. And then what we'll do, we'll give you maybe a couple of free books and a Tumblr, Live Well, Die Broke, if the closest one that gets to what it's worth. Right. So I'm going to have to wait another week. i got to wait another week to find right. out. Right. We'll talk about it next week. Awesome. All right, folks, we're out of time. You've been listening to The Worry-Free Retirement. Tony Walker here. Please let us know if we can be of any help. But you remember, between now and next week, if all else fails, you be worry-free.